Hi, I'm Julie. I'm Kristen. I'm Kate. And welcome to Topical Island. Each week, one of us will deep dive into a topic that interests us. Have you ever wondered how to become a Disney princess? Is diva behavior acceptable? And what does it have to do with the opera? Will we get to work from home forever, ever? Join us as we answer these questions and more. As each week, we will take you to a different topical island. Oh, hello, listeners. Welcome to Topical Island. Ladies, how are you doing tonight? Oh, it's going really well. Thank you. I um, had a had a good week. And um, when I get to the end of what I was up to this week, I have a, a, just a little funny anecdote before I throw it to my friend Kate. And you know what I did this week? And this is a little PSA for everybody. This is something I do maybe once a year is I cleaned out my freezer. You know, like both the one in my fridge and my deep freeze, like took everything out, did the defrost, got rid of what was not going to be good anymore. And uh, there's my PSA going into fall is (laughs) clean out that freezer. There is stuff at the bottom. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love a good clean out story. Yeah. It was very satisfying. Also, it just makes you feel a little like wasteful. You're like, wow, I need to organize this better so that I don't waste anything. I just wanted to mention that Julie is out your back window. We can see like this beautiful sunset. You're living the dream out there. Mm-hmm. It is lovely and it has been a beautiful day. My goodness, um, it is September long and how lucky are we? There's no smoke. The days are glorious and they're just nippy. And as a gardener, I am knocking on wood. I haven't we haven't gone below freezing yet overnight, which normally by now we would have. And so mm-hmm. I still have stuff in the garden. I haven't had to bring it all in and, you know, cover things for snow and frost. So I'm loving it. Now, the last thing I'm going to mention before I throw it to Kate is I did do some auctioning, auction buys last weekend. And the auction that I bought them from is in Medicine Hat, which meant that last Sunday I drove to Medicine Hat and back like just real quick, which is about six hours. Now on that day... I believe it was either Saturday or Sunday of the last week. Kate was doing something for seven hours that took a lot more effort than me sitting in my car and then getting some A&W Beyond Chicken Nuggets halfway through my journey. There's Beyond Chicken Nuggets. Okay. They are so good. Second PSA. Kate, what were you doing last weekend? (laughs) Well, great segue, Julie. Thank you for that. (laughs) last weekend I did a triathlon it was a the length of a half iron man and so I swam two kilometers and then I biked 80 which ended up to be more like 88 because I even though the course was a rectangle I took a wrong turn and then I ran a half marathon and it was a great day except for the except for the times throughout the day that it wasn't. <laughs> and there were a few. I can I can say I had absolutely no right to be in the water that day. Um, I have been in the water once in the past two years. And <laughs> I don't know who I think I am, but I am not somebody who can just show up and swim two kilometers. So <laughs> I had my own personal safety kayak and paddleboarder that were flanking me on either side as I brought up the rear in the swim. Oh, good for you. <laughs> you did it. But all said and done, it was it was a great day. So that's what I was up to for six hours and 45 minutes. 
last Yay. Sunday. Congratulations. <laughs> That's amazing. Congratulations. Yeah, no, I'm I'm happy. I'm happy that it's behind me. It's amazing how much mind width band mind bandwidth that's that takes up as it kind of yeah. is the date comes closer and closer and it's kind of just this undercurrent of anxiety under everything that you're doing and you don't really realize it until it's over and you've got that freedom to think freely and not that you don't have something to be worried about that you don't know if you're going to be able to do or not. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So that's what I did this week. And so it's been, it's been a great week. Yeah. It's quite the accomplishment. When you say that, it's so funny because we used to, of course, you both have done and used to do a lot of triathlons and runs and that. And I've been to a lot of them. Mm -hmm. I participated in very few. And I recall, I think it was your half Ironman, Kate, when there was a young gentleman who did just do it. The guy in the skate shoes. Yes. Yes. I I didn't I did not see him on the swim. I forget what year this was, but it was a few years ago and it was yeah. during the Calgary Half Ironman and I remember him. He I he was on some sort of I mean and I've done I don't own all of the fancy stuff and yeah. I don't have a triathlon bike and a, you know, I've just got my I've got a road bike and even that was an upgrade the first time I the first couple of times I did a triathlon I just had a hybrid mountain bike and you know I thought I was winging it but I remember (laughs) this guy and he yeah absolutely he I don't know what he biked on but I'm pretty sure it was some sort of a mountain bike and he was running in what I would consider street clothes yeah (laughs) Yeah, and skate shoes. Like I'm, pr- I'm pretty shoes. sure he's wearing Airwalks or something. I can't yeah, yeah. No, it was, it was great, and he did it. He finished, and good for him. Did he not? Did he not also maybe say that he was dared to do it? I can't recall. Like, I, I don't like know. A funny story where he was like egged on with his friends or something, which is quite the, quite the dare. That's quite the dare yeah. to follow through on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But no, you guys have both, uh, whether I've been racing or supporting you guys in races, and I, I've done that, I've been on both sides of it. It's, um, it's always a lot of fun. A lot of fun. So. Oh, it's the best energy, honestly. It really, really is. is. Yeah. So Kristen, what have you been up to this week? Thanks for asking, Kate. Uh, I have actually tuned in to a new podcast that actually ties something we chatted about before. We were talking a lot about the show Superstore. And I think Kate might have mentioned that one of the characters on Superstore reminded her a little bit of Julie. Yes. Yes. I can picture <laughs> Dina as Julie. <laughs> Dina. And Dina's I take sweet. it as a full I take it as a full compliment now, or I, I did anyways, and I'm taking it as a compliment even though it has nothing to do with me. Oh. But she actually has a podcast called True Crime and Cocktails with her I think cousin. And they're both Canadians, actually. I didn't yeah. know Oh, I didn't I know that. I knew she was Canadian, but I didn't know her yeah. cousin. So. <laughs> you didn't know her cousin was Canadian. That's okay, Julie. <laughs> we can't know everything. Um, and so it's it's really quite a, it's a quite long. So if you like like long podcasts that you can kind of do while you're like, I like things like that if I'm like cleaning or something. But mm-hmm. yeah. um, I think it's 
predominantly her cousin that does the research, but they do lots of stuff. Like I listened to, they were talking about China, you know, the wrestler the other day and, and that kind of thing. And they're quite funny oh. and they have such similar voices that it's like, I almost, almost want to say her cousin sounds more like her than she does on the <laughs> podcast, but they're both ah. quite delightful. It's quite lovely. If you like true crime podcasts and you've listened to every single one that you can, which is the boat that I'm in, um, <laughs> it's, it's quite nice. Awesome. awesome. Good to know. So what's, sorry, a true crime and cocktails? Yeah. Yeah. So they tend to have a drink and, and chat it out, but it's really well researched. Like, yeah, nice. really well researched. So. Okay. So I would I would recommend right after you listen to our podcast, you could listen to that one. <laughs> yes, our extremely well researched podcast. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and compare compare them directly against each other. That's my recommendation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's my podcast recommendation. I'm glad you guys both had a wonderful week. And I would love to know, Julie, where are you taking us this week? So this is something kind of a little bit near and dear to my heart. Uh, I want to talk to you today about cesarean sections. Oh. So as I think everybody knows, a cesarean section, commonly called a C-section, is where a pregnant woman has has the baby surgically removed in lieu of delivering or laboring in the typical old school fashion. Um, Vaginally. Thank you. Vaginal birth. Thank you. And so, you know, I've, I've had one full disclosure and, um, and people have often said to me, oh, well, you know, you know, it's pretty basic surgery. Obviously they call it cesarean after Julius Caesar. So we've been doing it for a long time. And so I've always had this curiosity about like, have we been doing it a long time? Why is it called, why is it named after Caesar? Uh, Tell me more. And I'm here to tell you more. Please do. Before I get into it, I will tell you, I'm only going to kind of look at the historical perspective of a C-section. And much like anything to do with medicine, uh, we are in a really, we should all be thankful we are alive today. There was a lot of terrible things that happened related to to C-sections in the past. Mm. Historically, it took a lot of you know, some articles refer to it as experimentation to get us where we are today. So I just want to give that full disclosure that some of this might be hard to hear, um, but I am talking about it in a historical context. This is not, I'm not going to get into current day stats around C-sections or anything like that. Okay. Okay. So in Greek mythology, suppose, well, in Greek mythology, <laughs> I was going to say supposedly, mythology like it depends reason. how seriously you take your Greek mythology. <laughs> they um, say. They say that Apollo removed Asclepius, the founder of the famous cult of religious medicine, from his mother's abdomen. So there's a great deal of myth and around C-sections. And you can find references going back in Hinduism, Egyptian, Greek, Roman, Chinese, African, like cultures around the world that talk about C-sections. And so it's got a lot of rumor and speculation around it to, you know, to answer the question of why is it called a cesarean? They don't really know. But best guess is a lot of people thought Julius Caesar was born via cesarean. However, uh, that's unlikely. uh, Really? Yeah. Because his mother was still alive after he was born. So hold on to that thought. 
And then mm-hmm. the other reason that they call, they believe that they call it a cesarean is that under Roman law under Caesar that decreed that all women who were dying during childbirth needed to be cut open and have the child removed, hence cesarean because he was the ruler of the day. Was that in an attempt to save the baby before the mother died or an attempt to save the, it's an attempt to save the baby. I see you nodding. Yeah. So in Western culture, and I want to be really clear because we're going to see some really interesting sort of things that happen differently outside of Western culture. Um, but in Western culture, basically up until the 1800s, the only reason for a C-section was to make an attempt to save the infant. Um, okay. So the mother was either dead or dying and they tried to get it out. Wow. So when you hear (laughs) the next time somebody cleverly tells me, oh, they've been doing cesarean since Julius Caesar, I will say, yeah, no. Not successfully. It's not what we're trying to do today um, in modern Western medicine, which is to remove a baby safely and to have the mother survive and be healthy afterwards. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So there's also some interesting religious things that play into the C-section. So in the Bible, it says that uh, women should sorrow to bring forth children in atonement for Eve's sin. So because Eve ate the apple off the Mm. tree, all women should suffer in childbirth henceforth. That's Mm -hmm. that's the the pain we carry as if menstruating isn't enough. (laughs) Um, So as far as in the Church of England or the Anglican faith, uh, Queen Victoria in the 1850s used chloroform prior to uh, giving birth to both her children. So that kind of got rid of this whole women have to suffer thing because she, you know, the head of the Church of England was, you know, used chloroform as a way to abate the pain. Um, So over time, people kind of got over this, this idea of, like the biblical sense of you have to suffer. Now I'm here to tell you, you don't just walk away from a cesarean section. Like there's still suffering. It's a major surgery. You may not um, be laboring in the same way, but um, uh, I I think that we can, we can call that argument over. (laughs) I can second that. (laughs) Now um, I don't want to mispronounce the books of Judaism. My apologies, but in both the Talmud and the, Miss Chanagoth, apologies. Uh, you can write me and tell me how I'm mispronouncing that. But there was actually, so in both those books, it talked about how the wealth of the family would go to the firstborn son of the father. So regardless of whether the baby was in or out of wedlock, the her firstborn son of that father would then receive the wealth. This is commonly called primogeniture, but it's basically like you're passing on your wealth to your firstborn son. Within the uh, Jewish faith, if you had twins born via cesarean, no passing of the wealth to the firstborn because there wasn't really a firstborn. So it wasn't even based on who was pulled out first? No, <laughs> void. Don't get to pass it All on to n- those. Null and void. No. So the next child would get it? or I think the next her. male would get it as the heir. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. And I guess that it the even um, some of the purification rituals of for women after weren't given to those who delivered via cesarean section. So oh my gosh. Kind of these crazy like religious aspects to it that it's not the way it's supposed to go. But yeah. So when did things start to get better? 
Um, it took a long time. It wasn't that long ago, as it turns out. So yeah, so for years, this was just a way of removing, trying to save the baby if the mom was dead or dying. And in Western culture, it wasn't until sometime between 1815 and 1821 that a surgeon by the name of James Miranda Stuart Berry performed okay. what was recorded in the Western world as the first cesarean section in, wherein both the mother and baby survived. Wow. Now I have to tell you about James Berry. Please do. So James Berry was a surgeon in the army. Um, they became, they even uh, moved to Canada towards the end of their life. Um, so Barry was posted in Cape Town, South Africa, moved up the ranks of the British army, became the surge, like basically the head of kind of a surgeon general type role, moved to Canada and became the inspector general of all hospitals and just did a ton of great work. What was interesting was that at James Barry's death, it mm -hmm. was uncovered that James Barry was born female. Whoa. Wow. Born Margaret Ann Buckley. What? So at that time, it was basically women could not get into medical school. So sometime in their teenage years, uh, Margaret born... Margaret Ann Buckley started to live their life as James Barry and as a male and um, was able to get into medical school, became a physician, um, a surgeon, went on, as I said, all these things and went on to have a high ranking position in the army. So there was sometimes rumors about um, Barry's kind of a bit effeminate. Um, there was even rumors that one of the um, one of the captains that they worked for at one point that they were having a homosexual affair. But at their death, the woman who was laying out the cadaver uh, noticed that, gosh, this looks like a woman. And not only that, based on some markings, felt like, I think this woman's even had a baby. <gasps> so, so that woman got in touch with Barry's doctor and was like, what's going on? Like, you should know that I can tell, like, are you, you're obviously a terrible doctor or we're hiding this secret. The doctor says, no, I was not hiding this, this secret. You don't know what you're talking about. Perhaps they're intersex. So perhaps there was some right. um, genitalia that was just, you weren't able to perceive it. The woman, however, decided that this secret should come out and took it to the press. And said, oh. this famous doctor who did the surgery has actually been a woman and their doctor didn't even know it. And yeah, just kind of outed Barry for like, for literally no good reason. They had lived a full and like somewhat amazing life and done, did a lot of great things for medicine and, and for no good reason decided that it was important for everybody to know that they were actually born female, albeit, you know, there's some speculation that perhaps they were intersex. Regardless... That is yes, the person. Queen. Yes. That is the person who in Western culture was um the first to have baby and mother survive a C-section. 
Wow. That's so cool. What a fascinating story. So cool. And great news. There's a BBC miniseries about them. And Rachel <gasps> Weiss a couple of years ago um, announced that she was going to produce a biopic, like a full-on movie about them. So I hope that does happen. And so Yes, I would that. watch that. Really fascinating story. Did they, Was there a conclusion to the fact that she, this person had had a baby? Well, there was a lot of speculation, but it was hard to tell at the time. The best the estimate is that when they were young, they might have actually been assaulted, um, had the baby, oh. and then kind of lived in the family, but wasn't they didn't parent that child. Mm-hmm. But again, tons of speculation. Obviously, a life that was somewhat secretive, but fascinating. And um, in our Western culture, the first to perform a proper C-section where mama and baby survived. So that's the happy mm-hmm. conclusion on that one. So the other thing that was really interesting that was happening at this time is, you know, the Brits were busy colonizing and Mm -hmm. there is a record of a Scottish, um, I believe he was a missionary who was down in Uganda and he observed something very interesting. And I'm going to link this article in the show notes. It's um, from Face to Face Africa. And so this was his account. He was down in Uganda and a few, three healers took a young woman, only 20 years old, and she was very, very pregnant, but they performed what we would now call a C-section. Now this, the way that they administered this C-section was Mm -hmm. um, the woman was uh, given banana wine ahead of time to help um, both for her not to move as much as well as sort of act as an anesthetic so she didn't feel the pain as much. They actually used that banana wine as a disinfectant over the area where they're about to make the incision. And like germ theory didn't come uh, to the Western world until quite a bit later. So there wasn't that type of antiseptic use in our surgeries. They made an, an, a lateral incision. They were ready to cauterize any hemorrhaging that was happening. They cut through both her mm-hmm. abdominal muscles and through the uterus. Baby came out. Um, they cut the umbilical cord. Um, again, so any hemorrhaging that was happening, they were busy cauterizing it. Then they used iron filings to to suture back up her uterus. And then they also sutured up her abdomen itself. Then they placed mm-hmm. um, some matting over top to keep on, which acted as an antiseptic or antibiotic. And she was fine. So this was in the mid-1800s. And it was very clear to him that this was a normal surgery. This had been ha- these hmm. these healers, doctors knew exactly what they were doing. They were ready. Nobody was like flustered or or thinking this was odd or peculiar. So it was a well established practice. I think that we as a Western culture can be like, oh, and and don't get me wrong, I'm all for the James Berry story. I think it's fascinating, but mm-hmm. I think that we might be a little bit. Um, egocentric if we think that the Western world invented modern surgery, or especially as it relates to the C-section, because here we have mom and baby, happy and healthy, walking away. Wow. Yeah. Maybe they maybe they had been doing it since Caesar's time. <laughs> I think it's very possible. I think it's possible. And I guess in China, there's also imagery 
of cesarean sections going way, way back hundreds of years where the mother and baby are both, they both appear to be alive in these paintings or etchings. So I think that successful C-sections were happening, just not in our Western culture yet. Hmm. Wow. I'm not surprised. It is definitely like a thing, like you mentioned, like, I think in a lot of different things, we assume that our our story is the the one that's ahead or whatever, but there's so many other stories <laughs> that are possibly as advanced, if not more advanced. Yes. And at that time, we could have learned a lot because... As so during the 1800s, although James Berry had had uh, successful um, C section surgery performed, there was a lot that were not. And one of the biggest reasons were that although surgeons and during that time, people were quite leery of surgeons in general. Um, they kind of viewed them as hmm. tooth pullers or, and I think a, lar- a lot of that comes to it was pretty new and. Uh, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people didn't believe that they had the full understanding yet of anatomy. Now, based on what I'm reading, they had a good sense of anatomy. What we lacked were things <laughs> like antibiotics and anesthesia and experience. Right. So I get why people mm-hmm. were leery. So we kind of get into this uh, experimentation phase with C-sections in the Western culture. Obviously, they had sorted it out in other parts of the world (laughs) and had been doing it for a long time and successfully. But one of the biggest things that was happening is that when they perform a C-section, they cut open the muscles of the abdomen and then the uterus itself, and then baby comes out. At that time, there was a lot of concern about suturing back up the uterus because they thought, oh, it's going to, the uterus won't be able to expand again if this woman wants to have another baby. So what they were doing is just sewing back up the muscles, leaving the uterus open, and women were dying of blood loss. Oh. I know. Then, of course, lack of antibiotics. So then there was infection following as well. So Mm -hmm. if you didn't die from blood loss because they didn't suture your uterus back up, there was a good chance you were going to die of infection, you know, related to, you know, any number of things because of that incision that was made. So... One of the best things that happened for women who had C-sections was the advent of the hysterectomy. Around 1856, an Italian doctor came up with this this idea that you could remove the entire uterus, which, I mean, hysterectomies are still a thing that happened today for a variety of different reasons. But what they Mm -hmm. started to do was they would perform the C-section, get the baby out, and then just remove the entire uterus. And then sew you back up again. And that actually was very beneficial for women because at least there wasn't that risk of hemorrhaging happening anymore. It meant that you would not be able to have children in the future, but it meant that you had a better chance at life. Right. But wouldn't you just, wouldn't, like, sorry, am I, mm-hmm. uh, let me know if I'm misunderstanding this. Um, they, they jumped to removing a uterus <laughs> instead of just trying sewing it up. <laughs> yes. <Okay. laughs> yes. Basically... Yes. Oh, we can't leave it open. Take it all out. (laughs) Take it all out. I mean, yeah, that's so ironic, right? That just get the whole thing out of there um, as opposed to taking this risk. Meanwhile, we could have like been learning from other cultures and seeing what they were doing that was obviously working, but instead we opted to just get the whole thing out. Now, we we know that there's various reasons to have hysterectomies done today, but was that initially the reason for kind of the first 
hysterectomy? <laughs> um, that I'm not sure of because at that exact moment in time, there was a lot more awareness of the difference of women's f- physiology. In fact, things like women's hospitals were actually starting to become a thing because people were acknowledging that there's ho- this whole other medicine discipline. I don't think it was initially spurred on by a way to solve the C-section problem. Right. Okay. Yeah. So right around this time, there was just this awareness that, okay, women's bodies are different and they started to get better at literally everything in Western medicine. So they started the advent of obstetrics and gynecology. And in 1846, a dentist used diethyl ether to remove a facial tumor, which is one of the first uses of anesthesia. So they were able to knock somebody unconscious, do the procedure, and that person woke up and was fine and um, didn't have to undergo all that trauma. So that was huge, right? So once they were able to um, put people unconscious and perform surgeries, then surgeons were less timid to try it even, right? Because it is very uncomfortable, I'm sure, to try and cut somebody open when they can feel all of that. And they're wide awake. Oh, and they drank some wine or something. Yeah. In, in Uganda, they were using banana wine to help with this. Um, and then, of course, as we get further along and with the advent of penicillin, it started to get better and better. And mm-hmm. doctors started to defer to a C-section sooner. If a woman was very, really struggling and the labor was not proceeding the way that it should or was expected, they were able to start going to a C-section sooner, which meant better likelihood for good outcomes for both baby and mama. So yeah. And and then this is a weird one and this is kind of, um, we start to get to the modern era, but in the 1930s when people started to move to the cities and kids especially didn't have, weren't getting what we now know as vitamin D, but they weren't in the sun and they weren't getting the proper nutrition. They would uh, get rickets, which is kind of a bone malformation. And so now we all, you know, kids take D drops or take D vitamins and we know better and get out in the sun. But that also caused a lot of women to have malformed pelvic bones. And so in those cases, it was also, you basically needed to do a C-section because there the, there was no possibility of vaginal delivery. Like that just, the bone structure wasn't such that you could actually get a baby out. So it ended up like C-sections, it's kind of interesting, kind of came at a time when um, there was also this increased need for them. Obviously that sorted out, especially now that we fortify milk with vitamin D and things like that. But yeah, so C-sections now are are very common and for good reasons and between anesthesia anesthesia and, you know, antibiotics after the fact for any um, infections that might come from the incisions, um, we're in a good place. But we can now say, you know, if somebody is like, oh yeah, we've been doing it since Caesar's time, don't take that at face value. Well, not not the royal we in the Western culture. Touche, <laughs> my friend. Touche. 
Wow, very interesting. I can second that cesarean experience to Julie just because I have also had one. And I am here to tell you that I felt awkward after I had one, even saying that I had went, you know, saying the phrase when I gave birth or, you know, it was because I I had no idea what it felt like to be in labor or, you know, experience contractions. I had to have one because my daughter hadn't turned and she had one foot down and one foot up and it was going to be very risky to try to have a natural birth. And so I had a planned C-section. That being said, my experience was not a relaxing or good one whatsoever. I ended up having a reaction to the drugs that they gave me and what they what they think, but we're still not 100% sure, is that possibly when they made the incision, some of the fluid from the uterus got into my bloodstream. And so I was in and out of consciousness. They had to tell me about six times that it was a girl because I kept not remembering what they told me. <laughs> they had Nick tell, you know, sit by me and tell me to breathe because I was holding my breath. And I said to the doctor when I finally was conscious and the doctor was, tr- or the nurses and the doctor were trying to get me to explain what was happening. Like, what, you know, what are you experiencing? And I just said, I've never done acid, but I think this is what it's like. <laughs> because it was just this I felt like I was in one of those kaleidoscopes of colors and the with the lights in the room and all said and done it was not a good experience right um but I am so thankful for the technology and the where we're at with medicine. And uh, I did not know a lot of a lot of those, you know, the the origins of that. So that was really interesting, Julie. Thanks. I'm glad you liked yeah. it. Point of clarification, is banana wine any stronger than any other kind of wine? Great question. I don't know the answer to that. You just referenced I'm just thinking, banana I, wine. It doesn't matter how much wine I have I still don't want someone cutting me open yeah no yeah I I don't know how much it would help (laughs) yeah I think it's better than nothing but oh boy yeah Yeah. we're gonna need to to up that proof of percentage that percentage of proof yeah and that's the tale of the cesarean well, I love that because that's another one of those things. You, I mean, any kind of medical procedure we take for granted every day, like yeah. not every day, but as part of our world. And just to think of how far that's come and, and what we have access to now, it's just unreal, honestly. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's awesome, Jewel. Thanks so much. That was a really great topic. And I I I'm a, I plan on, and I already Googled Dr. James Barry. And yeah. uh, it's uh, quite the tale. Kate, do you have some great news for us tonight? Yeah, I do have some great news for you tonight. This is great news that I saw recently on the news, and I just want to make sure that everybody knows about it. it Perfect. Because it's adorable and a lovely, a lovely story. So recently in Nanaimo, hmm. a man named Kim Kang was planning to cook a Cambodian delicacy for dinner, which was a duck egg. And when his wife went to open the fridge and 
they had filmed it. Uh, she opened the fridge and in a, it looked like a regular carton of eggs, but one of the eggs had hatched into a <gasps> duckling. What? So cute. Yes. So instead of, <laughs> instead of cooking his duck egg, well, I'm, I'm sure, I'm pretty sure they would have cooked the rest of the eggs. <laughs> But this one egg had hatched. And so he, so I guess when his wife opened the fridge, he just, she just said, he's out of the egg. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, then she took a short video with his, his, with, sorry. And then she took a short video with her phone of this duckling in this fridge. So they, they took him out and they named him Tiny. And he is a full grown he has now grown into a duck and follows Kim around everywhere he goes. Aww. And they go, so they go for walks along the beach and just go out and about. And this duck is just, this is man's best friend in Kim Kang's world. And I Aww. just thought it was, I mean, if you Google it, it was a CTV story. Yeah. You can see video of the duck, Tiny. And yeah, just, I just thought that was so crazy. And I thought it was really sweet and fun and um, fun loving and some great news to share with our listeners. Does he live in their backyard? Does he have a pool in their backyard? No, but he did say in the interview that his favorite time with Tiny is tub time. And so he doesn't actually get in the tub. (laughs) So he doesn't actually get in the tub with the duck. But he said he'll. But they showed video of him in in the tub, both as a duckling and as a grown duck, and he just loves it. This duck. I mean, it's oh. like taking taking to water. What is it? Taking. He took to it like a duck to water. Oh. So. I'm like crying. I don't know why. Oh. That's just the cutest story. <laughs> I like laugh crying. That's so cute. I have so, so many follow up questions. <laughs> I don't know if I could answer any of them. Are are eggs going to hatch chickens? Well, I'm curious, like, is because I know in Southeast Asia that it's common to eat a fertilized egg. So most are, my eggs aren't going to hatch in my fridge because they're not fertilized. But I, I was just curious. And then I was also curious because a fridge is so cold and normally when you're incubating eggs like they need to be warm need to be warm i know this is kind Um, of a miracle what i what i can tell you is that none of those questions were answered on the news story (laughs) (laughs) julie's got to do a follow-up i know i might have to call kim and be like tell me more yes (laughs) are you saying you don't buy it no i do buy it and there's video evidence but i just think it's actually quite miraculous that it happened the odds were definitely stacked against tiny and uh yeah but you mean he's a full-size duck now so he he did graduate from tub time to kiddie pool time and um like rides around with mr kang in his uh, truck riding shotgun they go everywhere they go lots of places like he lives in their house sorry we have so many this is like the yeah as far as i know (laughs) he lives in their house like friends so they had a duck yeah, they're pets. Oh, yeah, that's right. I mean, there's and so there's a quote from Kang here that says, "I go quack 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 and smi- <laughs> and smile, and then he starts coming back." <laughs> <laughs> so they have little conversations together. 
Oh my god. It's so oh, cute. So cute. Well, I know what I'm doing tonight. I'm Googling this story. Yeah. I'm watching all the videos. It's so good. Yeah. So <laughs> I love it. So good. Thank you so much, Kate. I that brings so much joy to my heart. Oh, well, ladies, island hoppers, did you find what you were looking for? 